Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. Would you go to Numbers chapter 11? And, uh, and I am not a spooky guy at all, um, but I, I do believe that, um, that you and I can be part of something incredible. In the book of Hebrews, and you can go ahead and go, Brother John. And uh, in the book of Hebrews, we're going to arrive in Numbers chapter 11. And in the book of Hebrews, and I promise you, I'm, I, I, I know that they were joking down here. Is that the only sermon? No. <laughs> but, but we're not, we're not going to belabor tonight. I just want to give you something in your lap. In Numbers chapter number 11, and then if you would, look at 12, and then Numbers 13. In Numbers 13, they have just come out of Egypt. They have traveled right at 11 days, I believe, Brother Joe, 11 days from Egypt to Canaan land the first time. Yeah, sounds right about there. And if not, Brother Carson, Brother Wanger, check that for me. And uh, But coming out of Egypt, they went straight across. They arrive at the promised land. And when they get to the promised land, they send out 12 men in chapter 13 to spy out. Verse number 24, they spend 40 days searching it. Then verse number 26, they come back. And the spies report to Israel. They went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel under the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sent us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. More, we saw the children of Anak there, and the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are able to overcome it. Now, and I want you to notice here in verse number 31, but the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we, and they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people saw that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And there, was, and, and there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which, came of, 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 which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, so we were in their sight. There, there was this land God wanted them at, this church in the wilderness. 
you're only a church when you're a called out body of baptized believers. Come on, Baptist history people. Set aside. So you're only this, Brother Woods is quoting it underneath his breath, and, uh, and, and you're only a church when you're called out of something. They, they were in Egypt. They weren't a church there. They were a people there. But the moment God said, get up and get out and get to that place, that all of a sudden they got up, they left, they became a church the moment that they stepped out of Egypt and they were headed to the promised land. I find it very interesting that if I could just stop and tell you that God's plan for the church, when I say the church, I'm not talking universal, invisible, unaccountable church. I'm talking about local bodies of believers. God's always had a land he wants us to possess. He has never made for us to sit still. He has never, never was it God's plan for us to linger. It's always been God's plan. Get to Jordan, cross over Jordan, and get something done. And there are pastors all over this country that they're trying to lead the church to where God wants them to go. But on the precursor of the spies going into the promised land, there was an influence that all of a sudden can influence a church to where you don't see the promised land, you see the giants. I, I don't see the milk and honey. I, I, I don't see the great grapes that need to be carried on clusters with two men. I don't see that. All I see is the giants. It's all because of something that is found, if you'll, if you'll, if you'll back up, Numbers chapter 11. These men, and then we're going to retreat to Exodus here, and Numbers is just an accounting of this, this, this Exodus out of Egypt. And here they are going into the promised land, but would you read with me, please, the very first phrase in Numbers chapter 11? Are you ready? Begin. And when the people... Did y'all read that? Can we read that again together out loud? And when the people complained. They complained. Did y'all see that? This people that God just got done delivering complained. They are getting ready to go to a land. They spent over 400 years in Egypt. They are 11 days out of Egypt, and they are getting ready to go spy out a land. But the thing, the influence, the fragrance, the chatter, was that of this. And when the people complained. Let's keep reading. It displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it. And his anger was kindled. The fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. And the people cried unto Moses. And when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. And he called the name of the place Tabrah, because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely. Let me stop and just say this. They didn't eat it freely. 
Is it not amazing how 11 days of a journey made them forget how much bondage they were in, in Egypt? And ladies and gentlemen, I propose to you tonight that if Emmanuel Baptist Church ever becomes a complaining church, then Emmanuel Baptist Church will never become a promised land church. Let me say that again. If Emmanuel Baptist Church ever becomes a complaining church, then Emmanuel Baptist Church will never become a promised land church. I didn't become pastor for us to stay on this side of Jordan or to wander in the wilderness or to be in Egypt. I want to live and I want to die a member of a New Testament Baptist church that we've crossed over Jordan, we're living in the land that's flowing with milk and honey, and that we do not fall into the trap that every time we face difficult times, our first resort is to complain. My, my title's simple this morning, and my time is limited, and here it is. Are you the complaining member of the family? Are, are you the complaining member of the family? Are you that family member that you're the whiner? You're the complainer? Go to Exodus chapter 14 and verse number 10. Let's walk through a couple of chapters here. Never let it be said that when we face difficult times, that we resort that we had it better off at the old life. Let me tell you something. A bad day being saved is better than a good day being lost. Can I get a little amen on that one? But boy, do we, do we demean the God that we have. Look at Exodus chapter 14 and verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone? that we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better. Look, are you serious, dear Christian? It had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness? Ladies and gentlemen, may we stop being a complainer. And the only reason these people started complaining and started to look backwards is because they were facing a crisis situation. When you and I face a crisis situation, it's not time to complain. Go to Exodus chapter 15, verse 23. They journey a little bit further. Exodus chapter 15, 23. They now are on the other side of the Red Sea. Look at Exodus 15, 23. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were what? Bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. Would you look at it? And the people, what please, murmured. It is just like an unspiritual church. And I'm asking all of us to get on board with God. It is just like an unspiritual church that when we face difficult times, that this church started murmuring. They started complaining. They complained when God brought them out of Egypt and brought them to the Red Sea. They complained. And they said, we're better, better off dying in Egypt. Then they complained when they got into the wilderness and their expectations were not met. Did I say that? Maybe I shouldn't have said that like that way. They came to water. We're going to get some water. 
And when they came to the water and then they drank, do you start complaining when your expectations? Like you brought me all this way for, let me tell you something, church. We better kick complaining right out the back door because we're on a journey to where God wants us to go. And I don't want to live and die as the pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church having to fight complainers every time I turn around. Our God has us on a journey. And I can't believe I just made a mess and I think I just destroyed this mic. Exodus chapter 16, verse 1. Man, I douse, I baptize right thing. Exodus chapter 16, and look at verse number 1. And they took their journey from Elam and all the congregation of the children of Israel. Are you there? Why not? And they took their, Exodus 16, 1. And they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came into the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of, of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. Do you have any idea what they just died by whose hand? I got to your problem. When when did the Lord kill in the land of Egypt? Somebody somebody tell me, what is the only time the Lord killed? Excuse me? What was on the doorpost? They were saved. What was not on the doorpost? And they died. Do you have any idea what they just said? Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land. The only time God killed somebody in the land of Egypt when the, when the plagues were coming through is when somebody wasn't saved. Ladies and gentlemen, when you and I keep complaining and we keep complaining and we keep complaining, and I'm going to tell you right now, I pastor an amazing church. I serve some amazing people. I'm not talking about discussing issues, and I'm not talking about discussing problems, because I think anytime you do that, it strengthens and fortifies a pastor and people. I'm talking about the mixed multitude that maybe walk among us, that they have their little sly comments and they complain. Now, I have not heard them. I think people are too cowardice to come tell me them. But I will tell you this. You and I must understand that there's an influence that can set into a church, and that is complaining. Exodus 17, 1 through 4. I'm keeping an eye on the time. I've been preaching for 10 minutes now. Exodus 17, verse 1 through verse 4. And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys according to the commandments of the Lord, pitch and refidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore the waters, the, the people did chide. Are you there? Exodus 17, 2. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this? 
that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our what? We are right now facing that when people start complaining about their present condition, that then they don't want their children to go through the journey. And that's what they were saying here. You not only brought us out here, our children are going to die. Complaining is the precursor to wandering. Let me back up and say that again. Complaining is the precursor to dusty traveling. Complaining is the influence that tears down God and raises up the circumstance. Complaining is based on the fear of the possibility rather than faith in God's ability. Complaining tells us we're in a bad spot. We're never getting out of this spot. And God can't even help us in this spot. But may I remind you that even in their complaining, God blessed them? But in their complaining, God blessed them. But God was just waiting for the old codgers to die off that didn't believe them so that he could take a new generation into the promised land. Listen, I don't want to be part of dying in the wilderness. I want to cross the Jordan River. I want the land that flows with milk and honey. I want to see people get saved. I want to see people get baptized. I want to see people's lives turned around. I want people to take missions trips. I want to see a lot of things done because I know that God does not have us sitting here on dead zero and just making us wander. But if you and I fall into complaining, then what we're telling everybody is this. What we are facing is bigger than God. Listen, God is bigger than any thing that we will face. The fear of dying, the fear of bondage, dying of hunger, dying of thirst. These were the complaints that they based fear. Complaining makes the situation bigger than God. Didn't you know the Red Sea was bigger than God? Didn't you know that the bitter well was bitter, bigger than God? Didn't you know the hunger in the wilderness was bigger than God? Complaining erases the past miracles of God. When somebody goes to complain, they forgot about the death angel who came and brought them out. They forgot about the parted Red Sea. They forgot about that he brought water out of a rock. He forgot that he took an oasis water and palm took them to an oasis. He forgot that he fed them with manna and quail. He forgot that God had a rock follow them. I don't understand it like you and I don't understand it. How many know the passage? That rock followed them. The Bible is very clear. That represents Jesus Christ. You ain't going to go nowhere on your journey that your God is not right there to part the Red Sea, give you water, bring manna from heaven. But please know this. If we start complaining, then what's going to happen is we tell the people around us Nothing's ever happened good to us. Y'all listen to this. Everything good has happened to us. Complaining will make Egypt look good compared to your present circumstance. It's, it's, easy, it's interesting in their mind that, that they thought of Egypt as a free society. They thought of cucumbers 
onions. Now, I know that maybe we don't ever taste the finest cuisine, but that's what the marriage supper of the lamb is for because there's no calories. Eat it all, and you'll be okay. But they complain, and complaining makes Egypt look good. Complaining will turn your focus from a situation to a person. You see, complaining, they couldn't get a hold of God, so they had to find the next best person. And that was Moses. Let me reiterate this again. I have no issue about discussing issues because I look at every issue as an opportunity to kick the devil out and to become closer comrades. But I don't think we're talking about that. I don't think we're talking about a church that if complaining ever enters in, will never get as a church to where God wants us to be. If this church in the wilderness could have complainers complain, murmur, complain, and all of a sudden it caused them not to go forward, and they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, then let's not be shocked if the complaining and the murmuring picks up among the people. Your expectations have not been met. It's a little bit dry and dusty right now. It's a little bit whatever. But I'll tell you this much. God has brought you through much worse, and he'll bring you through much worse. God has been good to us. And I will tell you that when you look at the magnitude of the gospel getting out to the world and you look what a simple radio station can do, that is amazing. And the vision, the things in my heart that I believe Emmanuel can do, I believe God. I don't look at the present circumstance and go, oh, God, you have... No, I... Believe God. And when our back's against the wall, I believe God. And when there's no water, I believe God. And when the water turns out bitter, I believe God. And I believe our God is a big enough God to overcome any situation we have right now as long as we don't spray the fragrance of complaining. So when one of your fellow members complain... Look at him and say, that doesn't belong in our church, sir. Ma'am, that doesn't belong in our church. I'll meet you at the altar the next service and let's pray about it. In fact, right then, pray about it. I'm going to ask you tonight, complaining doesn't want solutions. Complainers are not looking for action. They're gathering a crowd. But what we don't understand is our God is in control. No reason for the sermon. I don't know of anybody that's complaining. I'm very secure and very, very good. Out west, 
The cowboy was driving down a dirt road, his dog riding in the back of the pickup truck. His faithful horse in the trailer behind, he failed to negotiate a curve and had a terrible accident. Sometime later, a highway patrol officer came on the scene, an animal lover. He saw the horse first, realizing the serious nature of its injuries. He drew a service revolver and put the animal out of his misery. He walked around the accident and found the dog, also hurt critically. He couldn't bear to hear it whine in pain, so he ended the dog's suffering as well. Finally, he located the cowboy who suffered multiple fractures off in the weeds. He finds him. He says, hey, are you okay? The cop asks. The cowboy took one look at the smoking revolver in the trooper's hand and quickly replied, never felt better. <laughs> never felt better. Hey, let me tell you something. If God, if you can point at God and say, God, you have been good. Been good to me. Never felt better. And then can I just make this public announcement? If there is an issue, come see me. And, and it doesn't take a delegation. It, it doesn't take a committee. All it takes, just come see me. But please, listen. In every church, there is a mixed multitude who runs their mouth in complaining. And the quickest way to stop us from going forward is to inject fear. Let's not do that. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.